Welcome back to Get Fitty With It. It is your co-host, Holly Stark. And your co-host, Mary Swartzen-Laidlaw. I was wondering what you're going to say. <laughs> I feel like for business stuff, I should probably just keep Swartzen because it rolls off the tongue a little bit better and I sound younger, but we shall see. And I have to remember how to spell your last name and that's difficult. I know. I have to learn how to like spell Laidlaw. Like, that's to, easy. You know how you like, but you know how you put like breaks at like my like Swartzen, S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N. That's how I spell it. It's people like pizza. Got you. That's how I spell it out on the phone. When it's like laid law, I'm like L-A-I-D, L-A-W. I'm like, I would say. you got that? But like at first I was like I guess it's L-A-I-D-L-A-W. I'm like, what? Did I even spell it correctly? Oh my God. Anyways. So that's the struggles. Yeah. We'll figure out my name eventually. It's fine. But Welcome tonight back. we um we're actually recording in an evening. It's like the second time ever, but this is gonna be a little bit more regular for us. We're actually doing some upcoming interviews on evenings. So yeah. a little change of pace for us. Who are I like we? it? Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm digging it. Well, if you're feeling it, I'm feeling it. Awesome. <laughs> but before we jump in to our guest, one, let's catch up. How was your week? Um, it was good. Uh, I got back onto things by Wednesday, to be honest. Um, I had talked about in our intentions episode how I was struggling getting back from being sick. And then it was like a short week because it was Labor Day weekend. Um, so it just kind of like threw me off. And then Tuesday felt like Monday. So like I didn't yeah. do anything because like, I don't I don't know why Mondays are, and I know it's like, don't skip a Monday, but like usually I skip a Monday, to be honest. Um, so like Tuesday ended up being that day that I skipped. And then by Wednesday, I was back on it. But I got back to like heavy lifting. That's I did good. some bike rides. I felt good, like with what I good. was doing. Um, I started eating better again. So that felt great. Um, and yeah, so this week was pretty good. How about you, Holly? I would say mine uh, pretty similar. I, I worked out on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday were my rest days. And I did walk on Wednesday, Tuesday, we were texting and like, we were both just like blah on Tuesday. Yeah. I probably, cause it was a long weekend and then we were back at work, but <laughs> yeah. So yeah. in a Tuesday, I actually was planning to walk on my lunch. And then I looked outside like 10 minutes before I went to lunch and it was like downpouring and I was like, <laughs> never mind. <Thanks>, JK. <laughs> um, but I mean, I felt pretty decent this week. Like I got back into walking, got back into walking, gave it up for a while. She's back. <laughs> and, um, I did workouts this week. So I felt like I was moving my body. I was eating a lot of eggs. I was making egg sandwiches every day. Who am I? I know new Holly, egg Holly. Yeah. Who is she? Excellent. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so I felt like I was, I, I had a decent week and after hearing our guest today, talk about planning I got very into my planning for this upcoming week so I'm really excited to see how this week is going I'm doing a little challenge with myself which I want to hold to myself at the moment but I'll tell you guys mm -hmm. next week because it's only a seven-day challenge for for myself I love, so. it. <laughs> I love um, it but yeah so I'm excited for this for this week because I feel like I had a good setup week last week like to getting back into it stuff everything, I just thought honestly. of something I wanted to tell you about a recipe that I made this week Ooh. um so I boiled noodles okay? okay and then I took and this is John was out of out of the house so it was just dinner for me mm -hmm. so it was noodles and then I took half a pound of butter and I cooked that and I put it with the noodles mm -hmm. do you hear how much butter I used yeah half a pound that's a fucking lot oh it's a lot 
And so half a pound is a lot. So if we lose half a pound, we should be happy about it. <laughs> Boom, lesson of the day. <laughs> I've been waiting like six days to use this lesson. <laughs> I was like, I, to, I, I told John like three times. I was like, do you think Holly will catch it? That I say half a pound? I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, okay. I mean, I like those type of recipes sometimes too, but I thought this could be a healthy recipe and I was not expecting this, but I don't know how to gauge. Like, I didn't know how to put this in to, to like our intro, but I wanted to put it out because I've been waiting for days to say it. Oh my God. So if you lose half a pound, it's a big deal because if it someone was using deal. half a pound of butter, you, you jaw drop, you'd be like, what, what did she I was say? Like, I how like butter much? noodles, but like, that's a lot of butter on those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is my encouraging tip of the day is that half a pound is a lot. I lost half That's a pound not where week. I was expecting Everyone. that to go, but I love it. I'm proud of you. Thank you. If you're happy, I'm, I'm happy. Like, yeah. I was like, what? I heard on TikTok. I didn't make up that up myself. <laughs> hey, you could have left I it. Like, I would have let you roll with it. Slip it in there. Fine. Oh, I love it. You got me because I was like, I mean, I thought it was a lot, but I didn't know where you're going with it. So you kind of you're like, okay, me. Mary, live your life. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you. your best you. I've eaten some questionable <laughs> amounts of things too. <laughs> we all get there. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, who's our guest today? Tara. Burr, 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 burr. Tara. <laughs> so Tara is. All the way across the pond. Yes. One, that was so cool because I, I just love accents. I mean, I've talked about it before. I've lived in Australia and I think anyone with an accent is just so cool. So mm -hmm. I was excited to talk to her for that reason at first. Mm -hmm. And then I actually got to realize who she was and I was like, even better. Yeah, no, she is awesome. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this because the entire time, like I've got a page of notes that I took after that interview of just like tidbits that I took away of like things that yeah. I'm going to incorporate into my own life and just like ideas that I want to do and like things like my, me and Holly like talked about it after the interview of like things that we want to develop for ourselves mm -hmm. and just like she was just awesome and again I think that it's just like something about people that we talk to and how like professional they are and we're just like so like as like Americans and when yeah. we talk to someone who's like like from a different country or Especially just like from a different yeah or like has like maybe more of like a like Mel was very much like that where like they have very more experience like yeah like it's like I'm just like da -da 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 -da, like the whole time and they're yeah. like it's like her answers it's like she had no idea what we were really going to ask her and it was just like so thought out so like put together like her answers just like flowed and it made sense and there was yeah. no like ums or likes or like it was just so perfect you know I do. I know. Cause I, I, when I listen back to us, like when I'm editing, I always hear all of our ums and likes, and obviously yeah. I hear my own more so because it's, you know, listening to yourself, but I'm mm -hmm. always like, gosh, I need to get like, how do I just cut this out? <laughs> right. I think it's just like slowing down. Cause like, yeah, I definitely. feel like in, in life, it's just like everything's so ramped up here mm -hmm. and it's just like rewinding. But anyways, back to Tara. Tara is awesome. I'm so excited for you guys. I think that this is a episode where you need to get a pen and paper yes. and be ready to take some notes. Definitely. So with that, let's jump in right to this interview and we will see you guys on the other side. Welcome to Get Betty With It. I have an amazing, I have, we have an amazing <laughs> guest here. <laughs> I just own the podcast, um, but Mary, we can't even hear you. Do you hear me now? Yes. 
I was going to say, I was a few minutes late and I'm already kicked out of the podcast. Well, things work fast around here, but (laughs) (laughs) we have the amazing Tara Fisher. So Tara, I want you to start with just introducing yourself, telling us who you are, what you do and what you're showing up in this world as. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really am excited to get to chat with you guys today. And um, so basically, I'm located all across the world um, in Germany, right in the center. And I am a personal growth and uh, life design coach. So basically, what I do is I specialize in helping women gain more confidence so that they can then go about um, fulfilling their dreams, whether that's career related or relationship related or even just life related you know health or whatever it is Um, because I've always been really passionate about goal achievement and you know just creating a life that you truly are passionate about and also like increasing your quality of life and I feel like that's something we can all use and we can all improve on so yeah that's kind of what I do. I love it. And I know you have your own brand. Is it Lavi? Am I saying that? Correctly? Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I was like, before I butcher this and just continue on with it. So how did you start that part of your business? What, you know, I know you kind of have like you as yourself and then you have Lavi. So what's kind of the difference, um, you know, and kind of how you work as a brand and as a business? Yeah. So Basically for me, you know, my whole like entrepreneurial journey started probably like eight or nine years ago, right after high school, I traveled the world and I got just got so excited. I started a travel blog and, you know, I've always been curious about personal growth, but through traveling, I really started this deep journey like to myself and I started writing about it and it just was such a great passion. So I continued on and I think I've always wanted to like create things and I did some like endeavors before like little projects I once wrote a cookbook and stuff like that you know like when I was younger and then kind of through university I just realized you know I want to decide on something that I want to continue for real you know I don't just want to like explore this and that I really want to focus on one thing and that was when like the the idea for Lavi really like popped into my mind I was like okay I I'm so passionate about personal growth and I see great value in it for humankind in general and also with um, like the idea in mind that it can help us improve our quality of life but also the way in which we perform and in which we achieve our goals Um, and then I've always also been passionate about you know living a very purposeful life because I can't imagine doing something that I'm not passionate about or that doesn't bring uh, me happiness because you know like like life is too short for that so yeah I started to explore that and that kind of was when I realized okay um, I wanted to give that to people and then uh, I had a lot of psychology classes and just also like neurology and those things like everything that has to do with mindset and I realized you know there's nothing like between life coaching and sports coaching there isn't such a huge difference and I was like okay Like I could become a sports coach, but that's not what I'm truly passionate about. But what I'm passionate about is, you know, helping people be confident and create um, like a purposeful life. So I'm like, okay, why don't I use that knowledge and help people in the area that I want to help them with? Um, And that was kind of how I started coaching. And then the business grew and I was like, okay, but I want to have 
like products and I want to do so many other things. And that's kind of why, why I decided, okay, I want to have its own brand and also for the community because, you know, it's great if you look up to a person, but it's also wonderful if you have this community that you can identify yourself with. And I feel like I wanted to give my community that space. I love that. I love that as well. I know that you said that um, you use the word community. So do you, because I know you do one-on-one coaching. Do you do both? Do you have like a one-on-one and then you also have like a community full of people as well? Like where you like, maybe like a Facebook group or something like that? Yeah. So um, at the moment I cut it down a little bit to just one-on-one because I feel like that's the way I could, uh, can show up the most, but mm. I, uh, am currently also working on a membership that will launch next year. So oh, that's exciting. kind of, um, where I want to come back to the community aspect, um, and really like help people come together, support each other and also get still like my knowledge and my experience and everything like my, um, help through that membership. I love that. I think that community is so important. And when you're doing something that's so personal to you and in a one-on-one, it's like, you want to take that information and go to someone. And maybe it's not someone in your life that you feel comfortable with, but it's like a community of people who are doing the same thing. So I definitely, I love that. I love to hear that it's coming soon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. And I think the same, you know, one-on-one coaching isn't for everyone. I mean, Mm -hmm. some people, they just, they're just curious about learning more about life design or personal growth or whatever. Um, but they're not necessarily needing that one-to-one support and then having this community and having like a place where they can come to and just get the resources and then apply them by themselves. And then maybe have something like accountability or things like that, um, could be way more beneficial. So yeah, that's kind of the goal. I love that. And so it sounds like you got interested in personal, like, or personal growth and like personal health and stuff like that pretty early. So how did that come about? Cause I feel like for me and a lot of people I know, it's like, we kind of, when we get into our twenties and we're like, oh crap, what am I doing with my life? That's where we kind of start finding more of that stuff. But you sound like you were so young. So how did that, how did you get into kind of the growth and the mindset work and stuff like that? What did that journey look like for you? Yeah. So, you know, I always had this drive to become the best version of myself ever since I was a young kid I always wanted to be the best person and like best in everyone everything and yeah I I had the drive and then I was always curious about learning more about myself and who I was and what was important to me Um, and then I had a really um, serious accident when I was 16 Um, I actually broke my elbow and um, like I cut through a nerve that was responsible for moving the um, hand and the fingers and it was my um, dominant hand so I couldn't write for a year wow. um, and that was kind of a moment where I really had the time and space to tune into myself and to really I, I necessarily needed to spend that time with myself you know mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't able to go out like all the other 16 year olds or like do sports or whatever I just had so much time and then after that um, injury, I also needed to do a lot of rehab and stuff. And that's kind of when I got into physical health and like spending time on nutrition and on working out just really transformed the way I felt about myself. And that was kind of when it all started, when I decided to like get more into health. And then that led to 
you know, getting into mindfulness and that led into getting into mental health. And then it was just like um, a domino effect. Yes, <laughs> we have learned that. <laughs> I could definitely see that, especially with an injury. Like, I feel like some people, they think that, oh, it's just like a broken bone or, you know, you um, like dislocated something or, you know, but my husband, he actually had surgery last year on his shoulder. And just like the, the different perspective that you get when you're not able to do all of these things that you were like previously able to do, I think it does open up this like new like way of looking at the world and at your life and like how many things you didn't get to do during that time so I feel like at such a young age that must have been huge to like find a purpose you know while you're dealing with all of this stuff and in all those different facets of like physical health and mental health and all of those like you know different areas yeah for sure and especially you know the hardest thing for me I think was with 16 years you just want to be independent you don't want to be reliant on your parents and I was more reliant than ever because I needed my mom to dress me. You know, I needed oh gosh, to yeah. help, me, help me wash myself and all those mm-hmm. things because I only had one arm to use. Sure. Um, and it took me, I think it took me like two months to learn how to brush my teeth with the other hand um, oh, wow. and all those things. And I think that was, re- that was really like a moment where I just had to come up with a lot of resilience. Definitely. Mary, before we move on, you just called John your husband for the first time. And I loved that. <laughs> it's so I have not thing. heard I you just say got my husband. And so I had just had to interrupt. That's the first time we've heard her say that on the podcast. <laughs> I Amazing. said um, my fiance at work after they knew that I got married and they were like, you have a fiance and a husband? And I was like, oh, I should probably say husband now. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I'm just sorry. I had to sidetrack for that. I got very excited. <laughs> It's definitely um, something worth celebrating. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, I was looking on your site and I noticed you have a lot of education behind you, which I feel like in the kind of personal growth health field, I see a mix, at least in America, I see a mix of people who either have a lot of education or just have very little and kind of have learned a lot on their own. So I'm a huge component for education. I work, I mean, I work at a university. Um, so for you, you know, how has that education journey looked like with all of the, I saw, I think multiple degrees and certifications and things like that listed. So I would love to talk a little bit more about that and how your actual education piece has really come to kind of shape and form, you know, you, you're part of you, I should say. Yeah. So first of all, I think it was, I definitely have to thank my parents for that because they always like pushed us um to get certifications to get degrees and all those things so I think I got my first I got my surf instructor license when I was like 15 or 16 uh-huh. um and then like every year and then I got like the fitness instruction and all those things um and then obviously after high school I went to university it's a little bit different here in Germany I think because sure. I, like we don't have college in that sense so we go right away to university after high school um, yeah, and I did a bachelor degree and a master degree. Um, and I was just, I'm very curious about learning new things. And I love doing that in my free time as well. And even during universities, I did multiple like other um, licenses and certifications just because I was curious about those things. And I feel like, you know, getting education isn't just for the certificate or the degree is more for yourself to learn and to expand your experience and your knowledge. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I've been passionate about. And you can see in the degrees that I have or the certifications, the areas that I'm most passionate about, I think. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. I say we usually kind of focus in and hone in on like kind of continuing in that growth area or, you know, whatever the case is. So I completely understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, with, I was reading and I, I think it was in the email you first sent us, you were talking about the five facets of change. And I really stuck I like this really stuck with me, the awareness, mindset, mindfulness, strategy, and health, um, and, and kind of the mental and physical. And so I was curious, you know, did you come up with these and why are these your focus and how do you really use these? Cause as I was reading through them, I'm like, these are all things that are so beneficial. And I feel like a lot of times we see, you know, the health, the physical health person, we see the mental health person, we see the spiritual health person. And so I love that you're kind of really bringing everything into your coaching and how you work with your clients. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I came up with them uh, through one of my bright moments. (laughs) Um, And I was just really um, reflecting, reflecting upon my journey and what I believed were the things that I needed to go through and I needed to work on in order to get to a more fulfilled life and in order to become the best version of myself. And I just tried to break down my journey into a few milestones, I think. And I just realized that like obviously awareness, like knowing who you are, knowing what your purpose is, but also, you know, becoming aware of your thoughts and your emotions and just really being conscious, I think is such a huge thing when it comes to like changing who you are, transforming who you are, but also changing your life, you know, to the better or your career or whatever. And the same goes for like, mindset and strategy you need those two things in order to succeed and in order to transform yourself and then when it comes to mindfulness it's really about you know it doesn't help you to have the best life or be the best person that you can be if you don't have the space and either energy or time to really live it and enjoy it so that's why we need to be mindful and also I get so often I get asked you know how can I be happier? Like, how can I improve my quality of life? And I always tell them like, the first thing you need to do is become mindful because if you're not present in a moment, if you don't enjoy what you already have, if you don't, if you're not grateful, then you're never going to be happy. I hate to break that, but it's, it's the truth. And then obviously with the health, you know, we need to be in good shape, like mentally, but also physically in order to perform, but also in order to like really experience life um, in a way that's, fulfilling. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's so important like uh, for people to focus on all of that, but I love what you said about mindfulness, especially. I think it's, it sounds so silly when you can, you first start learning about this to be like, I just have to be grateful. And like, that's how I start change. Like it sounds so simple. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like just taking those few minutes and like, that's something that I love to end our podcast on is like, what's something you're grateful for today and things like that, because it's like that, that quick shift of really bringing in that present moment and what you truly are feeling into in this moment. And I think that's so powerful that you use that as kind of a starting point. Um, because I don't see that a lot. I feel like a lot of people will start with more of the physical journey and then kind of find the mental and the mindfulness later, at least from my experience. So I love that you kind of try to start with that piece and then build from there. Yeah. Definitely. And, you know, there's, 
I've been using this um, affirmation a lot lately and it's, um, it's something like, you know, I love where I am, but I'm also excited about where I'm going. And that's, that. you know, you've got the gratitude in there, but you've also got, you know, that desire or that affirmation that you want to change, that you want to be better, you know? And I love that because I believe that if we have both the gratitude for the present moment, but also, you know, that desire and that motivation to change and to improve, then we can truly work some magic. Definitely. I love that. I also love how, like Holly said, you have all these different facets where you're not just focusing on one part of it. Like our podcast is very much like that. We want to explore all the different kinds of health because in order to live your best life, like you need to have all of these things and they need to work coincidingly. And it's like, obviously there's a time and place for individualized like work with someone as a coach, but I do love that you have all these different things because if your health is poor, then like, you're not going to be like very mindful of what you're doing and like your awareness isn't there. And like, I just think that it's so amazing that you're tying all of this together because that's life. Like all of these things are life. These are the facets of life. So I, I think that's amazing that you put that all together. And I just wanted to call that out because I think, like I said, there is a place for individualized like coaching, but I do think that an overall view of everything to hop into your life, especially if you're working one-on-one with a coach, I think that that's going to like push you forward so much more because you are looking at each different thing that you're doing. Definitely. And, you know, I think like every individual has a different, you know, like point where they need to concentrate and work on, like for some, they need to work on more on their mindset. Others need to work more on their mindfulness or some need to work on their physical health or whatever. And I like to meet my clients where they are and give them what they need. But at the same time, you know, helping them to change holistically, because eventually like, you said we need to focus on all those areas in order to really get the most out of life and mm-hmm. become like become the best version of ourselves. Um, so yeah, I really like to tie those together. I yeah, think, and yeah. I feel oh, oh sorry. sorry, no, go ahead. I I'm was just gonna, gonna call Holly <laughs> out and say that um, like for me especially, like I was focused so much on like physical health, and that's like really it, like or like eating and all of that stuff, and it was like until this year, did I actually focus on like the holistic side of it and like actually start looking into like the mindfulness and like actually working on my mental health. And so I just wanted to call Holly out on that because she's like been a huge like attributor to that. So it took like five years of friendships for her to get here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it takes time. (laughs) You have to meet me where I'm at, Holly. (laughs) I know I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. (laughs) I'm proud of your growth. Um, kind of switching a little bit back to your certification. So I saw you are certified in EFT, which is something I've done a little bit before. I kind of started learning about this through Gabby Bernstein a couple of years ago. So I know she is a huge kind of proponent or advocate, advocate, blah, that did not come out right, advocate for EFT. So I don't even know if Mary, I don't know if you even know what EFT really is, but I do, but I was going to say, could you explain it for maybe people who don't say, could you kind of talk about what it is, how you got interested in it and how you use it to work with people? Because I think it is so fascinating. Yeah, for sure. So basically EFT um, is short for emotional freedom technique, and it's um, a mindfulness technique that you can use to Um, either like calm your emotions but also to like change your subconsciousness like the thought patterns and the beliefs that we have so those are I think the 
two main common ways in which people use it. But obviously, like you can also just use it if you, for example, if you're really nervous before an interview or something to just calm your nervous system. Um, it works kind of similar to acupuncture, just that you don't need any needles. So what you do is basically you, um, you tap on certain parts of your body, which are called the meridian um, points. And those are kind of energy points. So EFT works a lot with your energy um, inside your body, because maybe you're familiar that everything in our universe is energy and like the emotions that we have and the experiences that we have every day, the manifest as energy in our body. And if we don't release them, then we get like physical tension or muscle soreness or things like that. Um, and basically by tapping on those um, like energy spots, you can release that energy. So that's like the first way in which it works to like calm your nervous system and also to release emotions. And if you that then combine with affirmations or um, phrases that you say in a particular way, then you can also trigger your subconscious because the subconscious um, is the best access if you combine it with physical touch. Um, so if you tap on those energy points and then say things in a certain way, um, like phrases, affirmations, if you tap on a certain belief, for example, if, you, if you're very insecure about um, how you look, then you can say everything that you feel related to that topic while you're tapping. And then you slowly but shortly um, move it to a more positive statement. And that way, um, the more you do that, the more frequently you do the same sequence, like let's say every day for 25, 30 days or something, then your subconscious starts to pick up the positive affirmations. Um, and it's quicker than if you'd only use affirmations because you have this physical touch um, with it. And so that's kind of how it works. I started EFT, I actually came about it um, when I had to like move on from a really hard breakup. Um, I just really, I just couldn't let go. And I felt so, um, you know, like lost in that time. And I mm -hmm. felt like so unworthy as well because I, I was putting a lot of guilt on myself for um, how it turned out and everything. Um, but at the same time, I couldn't let go, you know? So and I really felt like, okay, I needed to step up my game a little bit um, and do something that I haven't done before. And I've heard about EFT before that, but that was really when I was like, you know, maybe I should give that a try. And then I met a girl, like, and that was kind of the sign, like, okay, this came at the right time. And so I got into that. I did a few sessions with her and it really changed my life um, in that sense that I was able to move on but also that I was able to regain my self-worth through that and because it was so powerful I was like okay I need to do a certification in it so that I can teach my clients or that I can use it with my clients um, I used to do specific EFT sessions I don't do them that much anymore but I do use it like for example, to rewrite a mindset pattern that a client has that doesn't serve them anymore, um, I would then give them a, a script or do a 15-minute session with them that they can repeat at home. Yeah. That's so awesome. I love things like that where you're working to rewire the mindset. So do you or do you know much about kundalini yoga? Or have you um, I've done yoga? it a few times, but I haven't looked too much into it. So it... I, the way you described EFT just reminds me a lot of how 
kundalini practitioners often will describe kundalini as where because with kundalini you typically do like a 30 day a 60 day a 90 day 120 so a set amount of time that you'll work on one specific practice so that you can rewire the subconscious so it just reminded me very much of that and kind of how you you know use those affirmations and use in kundalini different chants and stuff like that to change yourself but it's so crazy how you can do these things whether it's a kundalini chant or you know tapping or whatever the case is for 30 days 90 days whatever and how it starts to change your brain like to me that is just like it sounds so silly mind-blowing um <laughs> but it's just like I am so fascinated by how we can rewire our brains in this way like that is just insane to me and something that I feel like I can never truly wrap my own brain around if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But I feel like, I mean, it's actually like scientifically proven that we can change our uh -huh. brain. So that's like so powerful. And even, you know, if people think now, okay, like how the hell shall I get into those things? Like even affirmations or meditation are a great way to start rewiring your brain. You know, they're Definitely. really simple. You only need like five or 10 minutes a day. And you can already accomplish a lot. And then once they get more into that, they can start picking up things like EFT or Kundalini or something like that. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. I think meditation's like always how I, when someone's like, how do I get into this? How can I start changing? I'm like, just meditate, spend five minutes with yourself, spend three minutes with yourself like every yeah. day and see how you start to feel. Because I feel like that there are so many tools that are out there like Kundalini, EFT, Reiki healing, acupuncture, all these things that sometimes people are just overwhelmed. They're like, well, what do I do? It's like, you don't have to pay for anything. Just go sit in the corner with yourself and breathe. Yeah. Like that can start change. And so I just really, I love that. You, that's where you start too. Sorry. And <laughs> I get really like, wrapped into things. <laughs> I feel like people have been a lot more open to things like that now too, especially with just like everything going on in the world. Like, I think that once we had to take ourselves out of society, you know, and go into lockdown, I think that a lot more people open their minds to doing other things to help themselves. Because I feel like prior to and maybe it's just in my own world. But like, I've never seen as many people who are like meditating who are going to do like things like acupuncture, or like finding new like, like affirmations or doing gratitude or like, actually focusing on that aspect. Because I feel like that used to be like, laughed at in a way like oh like you can't change your mind like the only way to do that is like There's going the to therapy stuff. which yeah well exactly but it's just like the therapy is great but I think that there's a lot that you can do like in your own home and like by yourself and own practices and things like that yeah for sure I think also what a lot of people underestimate is just talking to other people you know talking mm -hmm. to them with an open mind because if you keep your mind open then it's open to change and to seeing and hearing other perspectives. And once you truly accept and hear other perspectives, then you're able to change without even doing anything because you're just receptive of whatever other perspective is out there and you start to reflect upon it and maybe come to terms that maybe your perspective wasn't the most beneficial, whatever, or maybe you came to a sense that it was, um, but that's also a great way to just change how you think. Definitely. Did you feel, I'm not sure how COVID has been in, in Germany, but have you felt like you've had more clients during this time period or is it about the same? Um, it's definitely been more. Uh, I think though that in general, you know, time um, 
is beneficial. I mean, COVID obviously gave it a little bit of an injection, but I think yeah. that, you know, it was just a matter of time for people to pick up those things and get more into those um, alternative health things and just life um, improvements and personal growth in general. Um, I think especially like the younger generations um, that also get a lot into like sustainability and all those things. I think it's kind of the same with personal growth. I'd agree with that. I feel like COVID was just like you said, kind of like that injection, like people were forced to be alone with themselves. So they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I should really work on some stuff because <laughs> I don't like yeah. this. <laughs> so, but I, yeah, I could completely agree. And something I wanted to ask you about, and maybe you don't have any routines, but me and Mary love to try to really set ourselves up with morning and night routines, something we both struggle with. Um, but I, it's something we're always trying to work on and really finding a routine that works for us. So I would love to hear, do you have any sort of set morning or evening routines or maybe not set, but things you flow with kind of throughout the week for morning and evenings? Yeah. I'm, I love morning and evening routines because, um, when there's no pandemic, then I usually travel a lot and, you know, my mornings and evenings are kind of like my stable, comfortable, safe, like ever the same kind of thing, uh, routine you know when everything else is so like changing um so I definitely love them but I also and it's something I always tell my clients routines they can and must change you know you should not have the same routine forever um I change my routines maybe every quarter or something just because you know my life context changes or just because I feel bored with my routines or whatever um so at the moment my morning routine I usually get up really early some something between 5 30 and 6 a.m um and then I just have an hour hour and a half or something to just spend time with myself I usually meditate um I journal I do a lot of scripting um I don't know if you have heard of it um I have not tell me more not no (laughs) yeah so scripting is basically a way in which you um journal about your next level life so the life that you want to live the person that you want to be you journal about that in the greatest detail that you can like how does it look like what do you have how do you feel like what do you get to do um and you journal in it in a way in the present tense so as if you're that person already or as if you're living that life already and that way you bring that energy from that next level life or next level you into the present moment and that helps you to really make the better decisions to get to that life or that person that you want to be. Um, and it's just a way of manifesting, I guess, but I really love it. And it just brings a lot of positive energy into the day. I'd say I've definitely done that before. I never knew that's what it was called though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love so that. I do that. I do that. And then, um, I just sit a bit with myself and have breakfast. So that's kind of my morning routine. Okay. And what about nights? Do you keep a night routine or do you kind of let nights just flow? Yeah. Um, it's definitely more open than my morning routines. Um, because usually like, I never know, sometimes I go out with friends, sometimes I spend time with family, but I always try to, um, end with journaling as well. So I would just recap the day, Um, write down a few things that I'm grateful for um, a few things that I'm not happy about so that this gets out of my like system so that I can really focus on bringing good energy in for the next day Um, and then what I also usually do is sit for um, five or ten minutes to just really 
calm down because I have sometimes trouble with falling asleep. So I really need to like center myself and calm myself down. And then um, when I'm about to fall asleep, what I try to do is to visualize um, my perfect day um, with the most positive energy, because I truly believe that when we focus on positive feelings at night, the night before, then the day will be much more positive and we will wake up with a more positive feeling as if we uh, go to bed with like a lot of worries on our minds and usually we'll wake up like not feeling so great. That's so interesting. I've never really thought about it like that before. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say, Holly has a lot of trouble falling asleep. Like yes. I love picking out from people's like routines, like what they do. So like, maybe that's something that like you incorporate into yours as well. Yeah. I was gonna say, is there anything else that you do that helps with falling asleep? Cause that's something I've been struggling with for literal years. Um, and it's getting to the point where I'm so fatigued all the time. Now, even when I wake up that I never feel like rested because it's taking me so long to like go to sleep. So is there anything else at night that you do? Because I want to yeah. pick your brain so I can try it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. So, um, the first tip that I can give you is definitely try to keep, um, kind of like the same time where you go to bed, like, because the more you can create a routine in terms of the time, the more your body will know, okay, it's like 11 PM. Now I need to sleep. Sure. Um, so that's the first tip. And then what I usually do is like two, three hours before I go to bed, I don't do anything that engages my mind too much if I can. Um, so I would just hang out with friends or with family or, um, read a relaxed book or whatever, but I wouldn't like do work or anything or sure. check my messages um, in that time period because I feel like the more I can prevent my mind to pick up on things that it can dwell upon, the easier I can fall asleep. And then obviously like doing a breathing technique or meditation um, in bed uh, is also really beneficial. Awesome. Yeah. I was gonna say, I know I've been playing around a little bit more with like sleep meditations and stuff like that. I'm usually more of a morning meditator. Um, in the last couple of months, I've been trying to switch it around a little bit and do some nighttime meditations. And I feel like it, it's helping, but I like just haven't gotten fully there. Like I'm still too active in my brain at night where it's like, I do the meditation, but then I lay there for like 30, 40 minutes still. And I'm like going, going, going. And I'm like, please just go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want is to go to sleep. Yeah, I think for me, what really did the trick, and I mean, I still have those days where I sure. just can't fall asleep, but most of the time, just really focusing on my breathing until I'm asleep, you know, like you that. cross that certain point where your mind won't engage in thoughts anymore. Right. And if you can hold um, like that focus that you have in meditation until that point, then like it's easier to fall asleep. So sure. um, that's why I say like, I do it in bed. Like I sometimes do it laying, you know, just sure. really like already like ready eyes <laughs> and then meditating kind of. Um, yeah. Awesome. I like that. And I know um, when we were emailing, when we were setting stuff up, something that you mentioned that I would love to dive into more is kind of that self-sabotage, like why we do it and how it really affects not only our life, but our career and just kind of how we go about our life. So I would love to have you just kind of open up and ex take this however you want to and run with it. Cause I would just, I think so many people self-sabotage in such small ways that we don't even realize we're doing it half the time. Yeah. Yeah. I believe like every single person self-sabotage in one Definitely. way or the other. Um, and 
obviously, I mean, that looks different to everyone. So yeah. some people have like they self-sabotage through, I don't know, negative thinking, others through procrastination or whatever. Um, I think there is a few that like a few big ways in which a lot of people self-sabotage and maybe everyone like listening can reflect um, if they can detect one or the other way in which they might self-sabotage. So the first thing is definitely fear. Like if we're afraid a lot and if that fear holds us back from taking action, that's definitely a way in which we self-sabotage. Um, self-doubt as well. If you just constantly feel insecure or um, like not worthy or just really doubt um, either our abilities or uh, like whether or not we are worthy of doing or receiving or whatever. Um, worrying is definitely also spending too much time either in the past or the future is a way of self-sabotaging. Negative thinking or also negative self-talk. You know, I know that a lot of people talk about um, the way in which we need to talk about ourselves versus in the way we, uh, in which we maybe talk to a friend and stuff. And it's it can be applied to things we actually say to ourselves, but also things we think about ourselves. And like the more we can put them into like a positive direction, um, the less we self-sabotage basically. Um, and then procrastination, obviously, like not doing things that we need to do. Um, and one other thing that I realized a lot, especially my clients, is underestimating yourself. Um, because a lot of times we just think about ourselves, okay, we can't do that, or we're not qualified enough, or uh, we're not trained enough or whatever um we don't know enough um, and this not enoughness mm -hmm. is definitely something that holds us back a lot and a way in which I think especially women self-sabotage often yeah so that's kind of the most um common ways in which I feel people self-sabotage and with self-sabotage just from like your own experience with working with different clients I know it's going to look different for everybody but when someone is really in that, that space where they're honestly doing a lot of self-sabotage, how can it really start to ripple out? Like, uh, you know, from working with clients, like I was saying, how have you seen it maybe from what they've told you or what, you know, kind of their explaining of how it really starts to deteriorate, you know, their life and, and their kind of experience in the world? Yeah. Yeah. I want to share an example here. So, um, one of my past clients, she was really un happy with her job and it was leading her even like to burnout and she was really feeling not good in her job but she didn't feel worthy enough and she didn't feel confident enough and she constantly told herself like no I'm not good enough and what if like um I don't get another job like I'm not gonna make money and she had all those fears and like insecurities about that and that led her not to do anything about it she was just continuing staying in that job that made her so unfulfilled and unhappy um, without doing anything about it because she was self-sabotaging because she had all those blocks and fears and worries and doubts um, and then you know luckily I mean she got to a point where she was like okay I need to change something I need help and that's kind of when she signed with me but if she didn't you know she'd probably still be in that job or worse she'd be pro maybe in rehab or whatever um sure. but a very like a little bit less intense I think example is just you know 
we all want to change things. Like we all have things we want to achieve or things we want to see different in our lives. But if we don't do anything about it, if we don't find the courage to change those things, then nothing's going to change by itself, you know? So I think for people to understand the impact of self-sabotage is just, do you want to stay where you are right now? Or do you want to get to where you want to be? Because if you want to get to where you want to be, then you need to move past self-sabotage because if you don't, then you're not going to get to where you want to be. Definitely. And I think that's such a hard thing for sometimes people to face is like, yeah. no, I actually have to put this work in to make the change or else I'm literally just going to stay stagnant or continue downhill. And yeah. it's a hard reality to face. Like, I mean, I've definitely come, you know, come up against that, even though I am someone who works so much on, you know, different, my different facets of health. Like there's times where I look at something, I'm like, I'm never going to get there if I don't actually start taking these aligned actions. And it's a hard conversation to have with yourself because it's scary. Like you don't know what's going to happen. No one can predict the future. Well, some people can predict the future. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) Yeah. As you were talking, I was just like thinking of all the ways that like I self-sabotage and I'm like, yeah, that like that rings a bell. Like what you're saying makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, like we all do and it's totally fine if it's not holding us back you know but mm-hmm. once it starts holding us back from um getting to where we want to be um then we need to really do something about it definitely and um one thing i want to talk about too more um is creating more balance in your life and i think this is kind of a good se- segue right after the self sabotage <laughs> yeah so i think that especially in the U S and maybe things are different, you know, across the pond. Um, but I feel like it's not a balance in the U S people are so focused usually on work. Um, and your kind of your personal health, your family health, a lot of that, I feel like it's pushed to the side. So, you know, where do you feel like, or maybe not, where do you feel, how do you feel there's ways to bring more balance into someone's life as well as, making yourself a priority. I feel like, um, especially when we get older and we do have, you know, children and things like that, it's even harder because you're like, well, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I'm a this and I'm a that, but it's so important to still have that time for yourself and make time for yourself or else, you know, how are we going to continue to grow as a human? And so I would love to hear you just talk a little bit more about that and kind of how you work with your clients to help bring more of that balance, or maybe things you suggest to help bring more balance, um, into kind of that, that, I mean, not even work-life balance, just life in general. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. So the first thing that I always tell everyone that asks me a similar question is like, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't make ourselves a priority, then like no one will. And then we are also not able to show up for everything. We are not able to show up for our family. We're not able to show up for our partner or for our friends or for our, our job or for whatever. Like we're just not able if we're not well rested. So that's like the main motivation we should all have to make ourselves priority and to make making balance a priority, I think as well. Um, and everyone who disagrees with that, like, I honestly, I can't help because it's just like, for me, it's a no brainer. Like we, mm-hmm. like if, if I'm not well, and if I don't have time and space to take care of myself, like how shall I take care of anyone else or anything else? So it just doesn't work. Um, and then in terms of, you know, like finding that balance, I think it's, it's really just about 
doing it and really getting clear about like how does that balance look like to you okay so what are the areas of your life that you need or want to spend time on um and then really figuring out how much time do you want or need to spend on each of those um areas and then really see also asking yourself like how much time do i need for myself how much time do i need to just be with myself like how does that even look like and then really creating i always like my clients um i tell them to outline their perfect either daily routine or weekly routine or just monthly schedule whatever um to really visualize how their perfect balance um looks like and how they really manage um like all their the places they need to be and all the ways in which they need to show up in a perfect way and then you can take that outline as a plan on how to implement you know obviously it's not going ever going to be exactly like that but you can use that to kind of create something that fits to that and maybe some days you manage some days you don't um that is where forgiveness comes in but i think that's like the best practice that you can do to bring more uh, balance into your life and then just doing it Definitely. Yeah, this is something that my husband and I are struggling with a lot, especially him, because he'll say every day, he's like, there's just like, not enough time. Like there's not enough time in the day. And like, there's not enough time in the week to get like all of these things that he's doing done. And that's something that I've been pushing on him a lot. I'm like, okay, make your to do list, like each day, like make your to do list or like what you want to accomplish for the week. And then just like, if you don't get it all done, it's like, okay, well, now you replan for next week. And men are a whole different breed I feel like when it comes to like I mean not all men but like my husband for sure is like so bad at like planning things and like putting it onto a planner and like scheduling it out and like thinking about that stuff and like like you said like giving yourself grace and like forgiveness when maybe you didn't get everything that you wanted to get done done but at least you like tried to prioritize at least you made something like to bring into that following week so I love that you said that like just like plan out like what you want from it and like plan out your perfect week. And then like, if it doesn't happen, like give yourself forgiveness. Like, I think yeah. that that's something that like, especially like Holly and I were really bad at too, of just like, if we didn't get like our things accomplished, like we would be so hard on each on other, ourselves. not on each other, <laughs> on ourselves <laughs> about like not completing those things. And it's just like, we are human and you only, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day, but it's like, you do need to try to plan it out and try to like picture that. So I love how you said that and like how you put it. For sure. And I feel like I love spending time in like countries like um, that Al is a bit more like laid back. I, I mean, I even came back from a vacation in Cuba and I realized that again, like we don't need to rush. We don't need to pressure ourselves and we don't mm -hmm. need to put so high expectation, expectations on ourselves in terms of what we should get done in a week because mm -hmm. like, nothing bad will happen if he if it has to wait until next week so why don't we just like chill out a little bit like integrate a bit more of those southern cultures and just like really take a breather because like nothing bad will happen if we don't get it done yeah i, I love yeah. that you said that because i i lived in australia back in 2012 for a little bit and they are exactly like that it's such a relaxed culture and I mean, years later, I still try to implement the things that I learned living there. And it's just like, when I was there, like I, so many of my friends, like, you know, I'd be like, blah, 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 do this, do this, do this. And they're like, you need to just chill out. Like, we'll get to it. And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Like, that's not how I work as an American. <laughs> so I think definitely, you know, taking a page out of other culture books and 
you know, slowing down and having peace for yourself, but still, like you were saying, still planning your day and still planning your week, but really giving yourself grace with those things, I think is important. And I think something a lot of people don't do. Yeah. And one tip I also want to give um, that I've started implementing recently, and that is to never schedule my week to full. So I always try to leave space there to for first unexpected things to happen. And second, just like in case something takes longer or just in case I need a break or something like that. So never schedule your week to full. Like I say 80% of your capacity um, in each day or in the week in total, like schedule that, but then leave 20% open um, because that way you already have a way better balance. Yeah. And I think just kind of speaking on scheduling too, like I know something I do is I schedule like my meditations, like every in my planner, like I have every day, like meditate, I have what exact workout I'm going to do things like that. And I think it, it it's good to put those things down because those are things that are so easily, we can just kind of keep pushing and then they don't happen. So it's like, okay, no, I'm doing this, you know, this class or whatever, or I'm doing this meditation. And I think it's important for, as we get older and have busier lives, especially to have those planned into our day. It sounds silly to have to plan in a five minute meditation or a 30 minute workout. But I think that just in the world and society we live in, in general, like if we don't do them, a lot of people just won't do them at that point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it can also be really liberating to schedule like time with yourself because then you treat it like an appointment and you get to Mm -hmm. spend that time because otherwise you're like someone requests time with you or whatever. And you're like, okay, I have a spot free there. uh, But you don't remember that you actually wanted to like spend that time with yourself. So I like that. Yeah, definitely. Quick question. Since we're kind of talking about like month or uh daily and weekly something that holly and i are huge on is like monthly intentions how do you feel is a good way about going like scheduling your intentions for the month and like setting that priority for the month like i know you're saying like don't put too much in there so like how would a regular like monthly intention go for like what would you suggest to someone um so what do you mean with intentions um can you give me an example so kind of like goals for the month, like things okay. that you want to accomplish, like what your priorities are for that month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got it. Um, so basically I try to have like maybe three to five maximum, um, like goals or high priority tasks that what I call them, um, that I need to get done in a, in a month. And then I try to focus on one each week. Um, so it's different, obviously what the goal looks like or the task. So what I basically, for example, um, if my goal for the month is to get in shape and to um, make, uh, I don't know, like 5K um, income or whatever, and then uh, I wanna spe- like go on that one trip or whatever, those are my goals. Um, and then I know, okay, I need to do those five tasks. And then I know, okay, like I would pick one or two tasks each week to accomplish, to get to those goals. So that's kind of what I like to do. I have my goals and then I break them down and I assign the tasks to the weeks. Um, and then also if it's something like working out that you need to do regularly, I would schedule it into my calendar. Um, and it's really about, I think, to answer your question, getting clarity on how much time you need to put in to accomplish those goals. Are they regular tasks or are they one-time tasks or 
is that more something that goes um, like on the side or whatever, or do you need to schedule a whole week for it or whatever, like, and then kind of balancing it out. So I wouldn't combine three major things that you need to spend like 40 hours on each um, in one entire month. So I would kind of balance maybe a big goal with a small goal in terms of time spent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I, I think like, that that's such a way, like a good way to do it. Cause yeah. sometimes I see like big picture and then it's like, oh, I have to get all this done. And then it's like the end of the month and I'm still trying to like complete it. Yeah. And it's really important, you know, to, under, and that's what I like to do. So I actually, I set quarterly goals and not monthly goals because I feel like uh, I can accomplish more <laughs> in that time sure. period. But what I like to do is I set those goals and then I break them down into a few actions um, or tasks that I need to do or accomplish. Um, and then I, at the, on another list, I write down all the other things that need to get done or that I would like to get done. But every time like I plan out my week, I know, okay, the things that I need to do for my goals are more important. So I will focus on them first. And if I get to do something from the other list, then great. But if not, then the world doesn't end, you know, because I still do the things that are for my goals. Definitely. And um, I was just going to say something. Of course, I lost my freaking train of thought. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if it comes back. It was something about what you had just said, but it left me. So Mary, if you got something else, go with it. <laughs> No. Yeah. I just, I love the way that you're saying how you break it down, because like I said, this is something that Holly and I put on the podcast every single month. We tried to put our monthly intentions out there. And like, I feel like at the beginning of the year, we were making like all of these like huge things say. and yeah. And like having like a thousand goals for the month. And then it's like at the end of the month when we didn't accomplish them, we're like, oh, well, I guess this month sucked. And like, I guess we didn't do it. And now like, we're starting to really like narrow it down to like maybe one like one to five things of like what our big like topics are but I like that you said about quarterly too and just like having those quarterly goals and then like breaking it down by month and then by week and I really yeah. like the idea of doing that yeah so if you want to have a deep insight into my goal setting routine so I actually start with um yearly so I would outline let's say 12 to 15 yearly goals um and then I have maybe three each quarter and then I break those down into monthly milestones and weekly actions so that's kind of I how i break it down but then also like the quarterly goals they are part of my so each quarter i will focus on three of my 12 or 15 life goals or yearly goals i mean so that's kind of the process of like breaking it down and that way you really accomplish that long-term vision because otherwise you have like your energy and attention scattered everywhere and that's not really serving you and I mean you can always take on other things if you like mid-year decide oh I really want to achieve that as well but you at least have a game plan um, mm -hmm. that you can like rely on and come back to yeah I love that yeah I was gonna say that's what that's what I was gonna say is I used to set I mean and Mary too used to set so many monthly goals and it was just overwhelming like honestly because it's like how how am I going to get all this stuff done? Even though some things maybe were smaller, like read a book, like read just yeah. one book, you know, that's not a, a huge task necessarily, but it's like when I have 20 of those things in one month, like I'm just setting myself up to not feel great about myself. I feel like at the end of the day or at the end of the month. And, yeah. um, I really like the quarterly thing too. I, I, one of my old business coaches and life coaches, I remember she used to say she did quarterly and would break it down to month. And 
she had me do it once. I mean, this has been like four years ago. Um, and I remember enjoying it and I just never really did it again, but I really like the year to the quarter, to the month, to the week breakdown. I really like how you explain that. And I'm like really wanting to try that out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like, you know, four, four weeks are just so little time. And sometimes we can't even like achieve the things that we set out to do in a month. So I really like to like set myself up for success and expand that time period. Definitely. Yeah. And then, sorry, um, with like having goals and like, especially because all of these are very like centered to us and like our personal self, how do you, because for me, like I've got my dogs, I've got my husband, I've got my family, like how do you take care of yourself and like make yourself a priority without feeling like selfish? Like you said, like you put into your um, planner, like this is me time. So like, if someone wants to hang out with me, it's like, I already have this scheduled in, like I'll have to schedule them at, at a different point in the day. Like, how do you do that without feeling like you're selfish for wanting to take care of yourself? If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think I want to come back to what I said earlier about really understanding and I mean really understanding but you need to take care of yourself otherwise you can't show up for everyone else because that alone I feel at least for me makes me feel not selfish about taking care of myself because I know that if I get this hour in then I'll be able to be so much more productive I'll end up spending less time at work which gives me more time with my family but if I am not well rested if I I'm too caught up in my mind, then I'll take way longer at work. I'll be not present with my family. So that alone is, is kind of a cycle and really understanding, I think, how one thing lets, leads to the other. Um, that is a way in which you can start not feeling selfish about it anymore and really understanding that you are the foundation of everything that you send out and give out. And if you really want to be present, if you want to be um your best self at everything you do and with every person that you spend time with, then you need to take care of yourself so that you can show up in your full potential. And then obviously, I mean, just really getting into the habit of treating it like an appointment, like you would treat a meeting with a friend, you know, you wouldn't just bail on them. Um, You would stick to it if it's agreed. So do the same with that me time, like schedule it in and then treat it like you had a meeting with a friend. Yeah, this is something that like my employees are really struggling with. And I like try to tell them it's like, at the end of your workday, you just need to log off, like, because you're no help to your clients, you're no help to like the business. It's like, you're not taking care of yourself, and you're not giving yourself that break. Like, you're not going to be helping anybody else here. And like, I feel like it's really hard for like us, especially like, in corporate America, where it's like work, 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 like all the time, like for them to actually take that break. And like, I think that the way that you put it is really good. And I'm going to use that on Monday with my employees. (laughs) Like you have to take care of you first, because I think that it's so hard for them to be like, I need to get all of this stuff done. But like you said, it's, it's not, you're not going to bring your great self to work every single day if you're not focused on you. Yeah, definitely. And you'll end up and I think that's what a lot of people forget is you'll end up spending more time. I remember uh, when I was living in Portugal, I would wake up one hour earlier every day to get a workout in, but I would feel so tired after that I would take ages for my tasks to get completed. 
if I just left an hour earlier, I would have still had time to get my workout in because I probably would have just taken half the time for the tasks I needed to complete. So, and that's kind of the equation a lot of people don't think about. Mm-hmm. It's like you're just creating burnout for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you need to be in a certain like physical and mental space in order to be productive and make the most out of your time. And if you're not there, then you'll just spend more time or the uh, quality of the work gets less um, good. So that's like not any good for anything or anyone. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really about just self-care and prioritizing yourself and your health is just the foundation of everything. Yeah. And I feel like Mary, you can relate to kind of what she was just saying. You used to wake up super early to do your workout and do all this stuff, but then you felt, I don't want to say like crap the rest of the day, but you were so tired and like fatigued the rest of the day that and it was just like productive for you. Yeah. And it was like, I was not a good friend, but (laughs) yeah, no, like I was not a good friend, a good family member, a good, like significant other, because I was just so tired from, you know, trying to get all of this stuff done and like not even focusing, like obviously like working out is focusing like on yourself, but I was doing it in such a detrimental way that it was like, I should just sleep in and get my workout in. Like you said, like, cause then I'm not fatigued the rest of the day and I can get actually like things done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think it's important to kind of play around with yourself and like your self routines. And like mm-hmm. you were saying too earlier about routines, but like you know, what you do put as your priorities, it's important to play around with it because maybe someone can wake up an hour earlier and that makes them feel really good for the rest of the day. But, you know, especially for, you know, me who has trouble falling asleep, that's going to make me more fatigued the rest of the day and then probably take longer with my task and not be as mentally focused on things. So I think it's really important to kind of check in with yourself, see where you're at, and then kind of start to plan, you know, your, your day and your routines and stuff like that from there, because we're all different. We can't, like, I can't take your routine specifically and have it just work for hundred percent for me because I'm a different person. And I think that's important for people to realize. Yeah, for sure. And I also think listening to your body and to actually Definitely. understand, you know, like, am I tired or am I fit and energized to get up earlier? And then really adjusting your routines and understanding that life is never a straight line and not every day looks the same. And Sometimes we wake up early and get the workout in, other days we don't. And that's totally okay. We might do it in the evening or whenever it fits. Um, Same at work. Like some days we have, I mean, obviously if you're self-employed, that's easier. If not, then it might be a bit harder. But still, I mean, you can maybe like play around with that, how much you um, like, how much you increase your workload in a certain day, depending on how you feel. Or also like if you schedule meetings with friends, if you don't feel like it at that day or in that week or whatever, really like, like you said, playing around with it. Yeah. I think that's important and something more people need to realize. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, as we start to kind of wrap things up, I know, as I said earlier, I love kind of wrapping podcasts up with gratitude. So what are three things that you are grateful for today? I'm grateful for some sunshine. It's still like summer here and it makes my soul happy. (laughs) Um, I'm always uh, grateful for my job and all the amazing opportunities I get thanks to it. And I'm grateful to uh, be able to talk to you guys today. I love that. I'm grateful for you. And honestly, I've been, 
I feel like I took so many little tidbits away and I feel like I say this every time we interview anyone, but it's just like, it's such a cool experience being on this side. Of, I must have this side of the microphone. <laughs> I'm so cool. Uh, <laughs> but being the interviewer, I guess in, in the, in podcast, because I feel like I can learn so much from you and from our other guests. And I get to start kind of picking and choosing and seeing, you know, what fits best with my life. And like, you know, now I can take this quarterly planning and see, you know, is this work better for me? Does this actually help me align better to my goals? And I think that that's just so cool. And so I, I appreciate you showing up and, and showing up for our listeners and sharing your experience in your life so that people can do the same. Yeah. And I just love what you're doing. I think that it's so important. And I think that so many people need to utilize, you know, life coaches and, I just, I hope that, I mean, where can, I guess like leading into it, where can our uh, listeners find you if they do want to work with you? Yeah, sure. So they can check out my website. It's um, www.lovey.net. And then they can also find me on Instagram at tara.fisher. I think that's the best ways to like get in touch with me. And then they can also like get a better impression of what I'm doing and they get some tips and stuff there as well. Definitely. And like always, we'll have all of her links in the description. So you guys can just go in, check out our Instagram, check out our site. Your site is very beautiful. I will say, um, I went on it multiple times while preparing and stuff like this for the interview. And I was like, I need to make my website so much better. (laughs) My website's just struggling. I haven't put any time into it for a while, but I was like your flow and everything, your color pattern. It's just very pretty. So kudos to you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but thank you so much for being on. Thank you for sharing, you know, everything you have. And I, I think that our listeners are going to take so much away from just kind of how to better balance themselves and how to, how to really put themselves first. And I think that really touching on that, you know, making yourself a priority and not, you know, you can't really help others until you help yourself. I think it's such an important message that we've touched on in, in podcasts before, but I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's really said it like you said it. So I really hope this punches some listeners in the face. <laughs> <laughs> in the kindest way. Yes. In the best <laughs> way ever, obviously a, a gentle punch, <laughs> but thank you so much, Sarah, for being here and sharing, you know, yourself and, and what you do in this world. I'm very grateful for having you and having you all the way from Germany. I love yes. it. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, we get more Germany listeners. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try send some your way. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. And as we said before we started this, I mean, before you guys heard this, Tara's amazing. Truly amazing. Just like, yes, so many like note taking areas. Honestly, when I was creating the graphics and stuff like that for our Instagram this week, there were so many parts that I like stopped and I was like, Ooh, that's a really good quote. And I was like, Ooh, that's a good. Really-. And so it was hard to figure out like what ones I wanted to put on our graphics it was like, that was really good, but that was also really good. So, I mean, honestly, if you didn't take notes, go back and listen to it again and take notes. Oh yeah. I'm about like, I'm about to go listen to our episode to take even more notes than what I took before, because I just feel like there was so much that it's like, And I say this for a lot of our speakers that we have on here, like our interviewees, um, just, it's so nice to learn. And like, I do it with you too, Holly. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's so nice to learn about other people's routines, things that they do and like incorporate that into your plan because you never know what's going to work for you. And sometimes you hear something and you're like, oh, I would have, like, my brain doesn't work the same way that your brain works. doesn't work the same 
as Tara's brain works. So it's like when they say things, it's like, oh, maybe I should incorporate yeah. that. Like I never have thought of that. So like, I right. think that she has a lot of that because she is a life coach. It's like, she works with so many different people in the way that they work that just like being able to incorporate so many different things down the line. Definitely. And I think, I mean, too, we talk about it in the episode, but she has a lot of education and she started like mm-hmm. in this business and growth, like when she was 16. So she was very mm-hmm. young, you know, compared to so many of the people, I think I say in the episode, so many of the people I know started getting into more of the personal growth and things like that. And then taking out a business, especially, you know, mm-hmm. mid to late twenties at least. And so just to hear her and the fact that she has all this knowledge behind her, I think is even cooler. I mean, I don't think you have to be, edu- you know, go to college or anything like that. Oh, for to, sure. Yeah. You know, that's not what I'm saying at all, but it's just mind blowing to me that she started like on this journey so young. Cause I just haven't heard that many people. Agreed. Sorry to fly in my house. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Shoot. I just lost my whole th- train of thought. That fly just took my whole train of thought away from me. Um, it left with you. Shoot. It was really, oh, one of the biggest messages that I think is so applicable to everybody is it, it's that saying that you need to fill your cup before you can fill other people's cups. Like yes. that's something that we really like talked about a lot is like, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you need to work on yourself and do self-care and like focus on like your mindset and like mm-hmm. your you know, everything, like any, we talk about so many different facets of health. And if one of those is off, it's like everything can kind of spiral. Right. So it's like taking care of you is number one. And it's, it's that pouring from an empty cup thing. Like you have to fill your cup in order to fill other people's cups. And when yours runs dry, it's like, you have to restart and like, like refocus and find yourself and find all of those things and work on you. And I think that that was like one thing that she like took that really is going to come into play for me especially being like a supervisor like I love hearing things from other people about like work-life balance or just even just like life balance of everything because it's like you have family you have friends you have all of these different things that you have to tend to and different relationships that you have to tend to and then work on top of it and like your your physical health on top of it and it's like you can't succeed in any one of those facets of your life if you're not taking care of you first so I really like that that was like something that she honed in on a lot because I feel like we don't talk like we have like we've talked about it but hasn't like been the sole focus Mm -hmm. definitely and I think too and this is something I don't usually do but I just pulled up a quote (laughs) that she said and I want to read it again because this just like hit me so hard. So, um, in the episode, she says, we all want to change things. We all have things we want to achieve or things we want to see different in our lives. But if we don't do anything about it, if we don't find the courage to change those things, then nothing is going to change by itself. Do you want to stay where you are right now? Or do you want to get where you want to be? That like hit me so hard when she said it. And then listening back, I was like, it's so true. If I don't start implementing some of these things that I keep saying, I want to do, it's Mm -hmm. just never going to happen because I'm the only person yeah. that can make them happen. And like, I know yeah. that's such a simple train of thought, but it's just, sometimes you have to hear it from a certain person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that, I actually want to challenge you this week. Um, nope. And you can challenge me right back. If Double you want challenge. To. But my challenge to you going along with that quote is I want you to write this week. Okay. All right. Because you have been working towards writing for your novel and rereading your manuscript and everything like that. And I feel like sometimes you put that on hold when I think that you could create something like so much bigger. And it's like, you're never going to do that if you don't work on it. 
So mm-hmm. like, that's my challenge to you is like, focus on that. It could just be rereading your manuscript, writing, just anything that has to do with like writing your novel one day. All right. I like it. Yeah. And I'm gonna challenge that's my you. challenge. This is something I know you have been working on, but I want you to be very conscious of it this week. Anytime you have a negative thought about yourself, I want you to stop and reframe it into a positive thought. Stop, collaborate and listen. Blah, 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 blah. I can't remember the words. Um. (laughs) I think that's a really good challenge because especially um, after my wedding, it's been very difficult because I got sick Mm -hmm. and I have been noticing myself being very negative towards myself. Yeah. So that's my challenge for you. We'll check in next week. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. Let's do it. High five. Um, And then to challenge our listeners, taking on a little fired up thing here, I challenge you, if you've been working on something or you've been putting something off, I challenge you this week to let us know, A, what it is, let us know on our Tuesday post, what your challenge is for this week, and let us know if you you complete it by Sunday. Yeah. Next Sunday, we always post on Sundays too, so check back us, check back us, what? check back in with us on Sunday and let us know if you did do that task or thing or whatever it is. I'm excited. I want to, I I'm hope, excited. I hope people take this challenge because I really I'm, hope so too. I'm going to, because I feel like we put the most important stuff on the back burner sometimes. Oh, definitely. And the things that can help us change the most mm-hmm. because we're scared obviously of that change. <laughs> exactly. So with that, we are so grateful for Tara being on and we talked afterwards. We're definitely going to be having her back just like many of our other guests. Um, but before we wrap up, Mary, where can the listeners find us? They can find us at get fitty with it. Wait, they can find okay. us on Instagram at get fitty with it pod, or they can email us at get fitty with the pod at gmail.com. And as always, we'll have all of our stuff as well as all Tara stuff, um, below and her actual website below as well. So that you guys can check that out and start working with her. If you are interested with that, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.